0: Welcome back. It's time for Customers Who Click, the e-commerce podcast for brands looking for their next growth opportunities. If you're interested in improving your conversion rates, average order values, and customer lifetime value, head over to CustomersWhoClick.com where you can find all our previous episodes and get in touch if you'd like to learn more. Today, we're rolling out the red carpet for Lorenzo Carreri, the guru of review mining. What's that, you ask? Well, brace yourselves because we're diving into the treasure trove of customer feedback. We're going to be talking about what review mining is, how it's done, and why your brand should be all over it like a rash. Seriously, if you're not tuning into the voice of your customer, you are missing out. So keen to dig deep with Lorenzo, let's get started. Hi, Lorenzo. Thanks for joining me today. Would you mind uh, introducing yourself? Give us uh, a bit of your background and how you've
1: got to where you are today. Yeah, sure. Hi, Will. Thank you for inviting me. So I'm Lorenzo. I am a CEO and experimentation consultant. I mainly work with the e-commerce businesses when I was, I previously worked for Spiro and I was kind of like working with both types of clients, lead gen and softer and SaaS and affiliates and e-commerce. But since I left maybe like three years ago, I really love the e-commerce business model. So I just specialize working with the e-commerce businesses. I've been doing CRO for maybe like six, seven years but I've been in marketing for much, much longer than that, maybe like 12 years, done a little bit of sales as well. So kind of like I got to see the customer from a lot of different perspectives yeah. from like, OK, sales perspective, account management perspective, media buy perspective and, and CRO perspective, which honestly has helped me a lot whenever I work with clients and I try to understand more about their customers and Figure out how they can increase sales and uh, and revenue. Yeah, absolutely. So, did, did you do sales like B two C sales, B two B sales, B two B? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was working for a software company. First, I was working for Adroll, like a retargeting. Oh, yeah. It was it, it's well known as as retargeting, but now I believe they might they do much more than that. I was doing sales for them for a couple of years, and then I worked in the UK for like a. SaaS business, and I was also doing sales. Again, it's interesting because nowadays, when I work with the e-com, sometimes there are like some ideas, some thoughts, some insights that reminded me of my time being a salesperson. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. I, I think it, it's a really good bit of experience
0: to have, even if you do it for six to twelve months. I think it's worth going into a bit of a sales role for a little bit and just having those daily conversations with people. I I did cold calling in a sales yes. role and it was tough, especially when you're straight out of uni and not done something like that before. It, it was tough, but it was a good experience. And now actually recently we've been doing a lot of work on our sales process and I, I think maybe not nailed it yet, but very good. I mean, to the point where I've literally had people on sales calls say that they like how much they like our sales yes. process. Which I did I don't nice. think you'd nice. ever expect to hear from people. Nice, cool, awesome.
1: yeah. So, how do you get customers clicking? Um, so this, this is a good question. I one of the focus of my work is doing customer research, and one of the methodologies I use is looking at like heat maps and then click maps, and one of the sections with the highest number of clicks usually on the, on a product page is actually the reviews because people love taking a look at like reading through the reviews that other customers have left. So reviews mining is a technique that I use a lot and probably I would say is one of my favorite ones after whenever I have the time to do customer interviews because you get to like understand like a broader journey and, and spectrum about the customer. But reviews mining for me it's it's very interesting because first of all it's a little bit more organic than customer surveys there's a little bit less bias involved because with customer surveys usually it's like hey give me this feedback and i'll give you like 50 bucks in the amazon gift card yeah as a way to thank you so there's also like a little bit of a kind of like bias in there while reviews, yeah sure still companies are sending out emails asking hey do you mind sending me uh, a review about the product that you bought it on But the reason why I like it is because, first of all, I discovered it through, um, I I was just like, actually, let me tell you how I came across that. So I had to buy, even though I work online, most of my purchases are actually offline because, well, first of all, I don't really buy a lot of stuff in general, but the stuff that I buy them mainly offline because I have the places that I always go to And I remember I was purchasing my, my trimmer, my beard trimmer broke down and I had to get one as soon as possible because my beard was itching like a lot. Yeah. So I remember going on Amazon and I had literally finished, I think it was like two hours listening to jobs to be done podcast. So there was still a lot of like, kind of like a content and lots of thought around jobs to be done. And I had to buy this trimmer and I was going through the reviews. And for the first time, I, instead of wearing the customer hat, because in that moment, right, Will, I was a customer. I was trying to like figure out which trimmer was the right, for, what, the right one for me. Instead of wearing the customer hat, I was actually wearing the marketer's hat, right? And I was like, oh my God, the amount of juiciness that, these customers leave in these reviews is is amazing. So that's from that day, I was like, okay, I'm gonna introduce this in my processes because it's too good. Yeah, I feel like I feel like
0: Amazon is somewhere where if if there's a large number of merchants who are doing review mining or at least decent customer feedback, it's Amazon. The number of products where in the title it calls out very specific kind of requirements. And things, and and you're thinking this must have come from either reviews or some specific customer feedback.
1: Yeah. Really what well, one well, well, one thing that I notice about the difference between Amazon and just like e-commerce websites, like let's say Shopify websites, is that people tend to write a little bit longer reviews on Amazon versus Shopify, and this is just like kind of like part of recognition from my side. It's not that. I have data on this. And obviously, when, when I do reviews mining, I skip all those reviews that are, like, meaningless, such as, oh, great product, I love it, I'll recommend it to everybody. Those I, I don't even consider those reviews, honestly. One of the things that I do in my methodology, in my reviews mining process, is literally prioritizing the number of reading the reviews with the high, longest number of words. So if the review has like 200 words, I read that first and completely remove those that have like 20, 30 words, because I know that there's not going to be it's, any. insight. To it's it's back. so rare that a very short review is actually
0: going to give you some good insight. Like you say, it's normally just, this is great. I love this product. Or if it's, if it's a yeah, I- star, I, f- I find a lot of the time with one star reviews, they, especially on Amazon, actually, this does feel like an Amazon specific thing. You get a lot of one-star reviews, which are just about delivery. Like this, mm-hmm. either this never turned up or it turned down mm-hmm. a week late and they give it a one-star review and it's a bit, come on, yeah. <laughs> review the product.
1: Yes. Yeah. I also think that it really, merchants nowadays are not really doing a good job at, actually... Helping the user leave meaningful uh, reviews about the product. Like usually the classic email that they send out is, hey, thank you for buying product X. Can you leave us a review? That's boring. Like that that's a boring pitch. And also like a lot of merchants don't even like give the user an idea of what to talk about in those reviews. And so I think it's like both. The merchant and the customer that are guilty for not very insightful reviews. Yeah. Well, I think when it comes to
0: reviews, people like you and me and other CROs are using reviews for the feedback and the knowledge and insight we can get from it. I think generally, though, the approach is we just need reviews. So we're just going to sign up for this tool. We're going to plug it into the website and we're good. And then we're going to use the best, the, the recommendations for how to get as many reviews as we can but that's it. They don't actually care about the the quality of those reviews. Or else okay. actually, like kind of what you were saying earlier, not only is the insight really useful for us, but it's useful for other customers. Right? So you actually want those high quality reviews because it's going to be answers for, for customers' questions. If you've not answered something on the page uh, yourself, someone in the reviews might have.
1: Yeah, and l- let me actually build on the top of what you just said. So first of all, as I said at the beginning, when when I analyze the the clicks on a product page, usually like sure, like product images are the ones that get the highest number of clicks, but the next following one is actually reviews, right? Yeah, sure. Add to cart or product select or whatever. That makes sense, right? But the next one is product reviews. And one of the things that I've done in the past 12 months is actually introducing keyword research in my CRO process. And so whenever I work with a brand, I just do keyword research just because I want to understand like what type of keywords people search for about the brand. And well, very often time people are searching for, let's say it's a trimmer, right? What they do is they put like brand name, I don't know, brown, right? Brown trimmer reviews high speed. So now not only they're interested in like any type of reviews but they're interested in reviews about specific attribute or a specific benefit or a specific I don't know like thicker hair or thinner whatever they the that kind of like context that they want which is also interesting right right because it's like it gives you it gives you it gives you an idea of even more, you should have some sort of like functionalities. And I know that, unfortunately, in the Shopify ecosystem, you're, you really depend on like the Shopify apps. So you don't have a lot of freedom. But in theory, you should show different, uh, show additional functionalities where you let the user uh, decide what type of filters that they want in the review section.
0: Yes. I know some of them, I, I think, pick out keywords. And so and it will display a little, like a few options for keywords yeah. that you can click. And I'm, I think wow. they're, based on, they're based on just what's popping up in those reviews. Yeah, I feel like, depending on the product, of course, either people are looking at the rating and the number of reviews, and that's enough for them to go, yeah, cool, happy, how about you just buy, Or they are looking for that specific piece of detail in the reviews to see, has someone else had the experience that I'm looking for? Or are people having specific bad experiences? Uh- the, the one that, sorry to interrupt. The one that pops into my mind, which was also an Amazon purchase, was buying a vacuum cleaner, right? Because I needed one that was specifically very good at picking up dog hair off carpets. And so obviously I saw the title, right? Vacuum cleaner, great for pets. And then I went into the reviews to look for who was talking about dog hair. Yeah. And even, I think I even went specifically, were people mentioning breeds of dogs, golden retrievers in particular, because they're very hairy, yeah, long, drop, a, drop yeah. a lot of long hair. And that was probably the key criteria for me buying. I didn't really care about anything else. I I wanted the the style of Hoover, right? So I was looking at just the image to see, is it the type that I want? And then it was purely, are people saying this is good for picking up dog hair? If yes, I'll buy it.
1: Yeah, and again, I think it goes back to like what I was saying earlier about the merchant not doing a good job at like letting the user give you review about specific topics, right? Because if the merchant has asked about what do you use the Hoover for, right? Well, picking up a dog food, picking up a dog hair, right? Okay. That could be like a follow, following up question about that. How does how good or bad or whatever the question is, how is the uh, Uber at picking up a dog hair, right? So now you can drill down into the review's but I also understand why they do it. First of all, like a lot of merchants that have much more more important things to do than like segmented the type of reviews yeah. that they want. So I totally understand it.
0: Yeah. I, th- I know you, c- you can do some attributes and things in certain apps. Mm. I know reviews that I owe, for example, and I, uh, you, you can ask people to rate it on specific things, yep. but then you've got to go and set that up for each, each product and category yourself. You've got to know what those options are. And if you don't get that feedback in first, you are kind of just deciding. Most people are going to say, how good is the Hoover at, at picking up stuff from the floor? Or well, they'll probably be phrased as suction. Can you rate the suction? Or something like that. But yeah, there's one thing you said really earlier. I wanted to touch on, actually, about the quality of feedback that you get. I think that in comparison to a survey, for example, I think what you're getting is with a survey the customer is feeding back to the business. Whereas with Mm -hmm. reviews, I think people are feeding back to other people for the purpose of telling other people what this is like. And that's why, yeah, you get, you can get a little bit more detailed feedback or you get what just comes across as a bit more genuine and honest feedback. That said, I've I've never really had issues with, with surveys.
1: Yeah, and also the other reason why I think it's interesting is because in surveys, it's very, it, you're asking a, a specific question about spe- something specifically. While in the reviews, what they do sound very often is more like stories, like customer stories. It's like if the customer is shooting a movie about their lives, right? And is making your participation of, of that movie, right? While in the surveys, it's more like targeted question about something in specific. And oftentimes people are very short when they when they reply to like surveys. While very often with the reviews they just like give you a lot of details. They're more organic, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, did you want to talk to us a bit more about how review mining works? Yeah. Sure. So, first of all, I do reviews mining, but one one kind of like a cousin topic that is related to this, I, I just want to mention is social media mining. It's very similar. It means that you have to mine like qualitative data. But basically like what reviews mining is, it's basically a customer research methodology where you scrape a bunch of reviews that you get from like a product page of your client in my case, or if you're an e-commerce specialist for the e-commerce that you work for. And then what you want to do is you want to bucket each review into different topics, so maybe you go through like the review. It's quite kind of insightful, and within the review, there is a lot of different themes. Maybe like pe- people mention what other products they consider before buying. Fantastic. Those are would get bucketed into like alternative solution considered. Within the same review, the person might talk about the benefit that the product is giving them. Okay, so that's the benefit theme. Maybe they mentioned like some product attributes that they really appreciated and then they uh, enjoyed. Okay, that fits in the attribute. So basically, it's identify all these different themes and categories that then you can use in your own advantage. In my case, I, I use it mainly for CRO purposes. But one of the things that I do is... Actually, in the report that I give to clients with the list of all the kind of like themes and insights I gathered, I tell them, please share this with your PPC or SEO and product team because a lot of the insights that were coming from reviews, and I coded them with a CRO hat, mm-hmm. could be potentially very useful for other teams as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you're getting loads of people saying, I was looking for a product that did this, and this product was great at it, then that's probably feedback you want to pass on to the PPC and, and social media team to say, we're getting quite a few reviews that are saying they wanted a product to do X and our product does that. So let's talk about that
1: more. Yep. Yeah, And even like in, in your example of the Hoover, right? If whatever the company that you were looking at, oh, wow. A lot of people are, do have a dog or they use it to pick up like long hair from dogs. Maybe, like, from a product standpoint, maybe, like, oh, we should think about, like, like maybe an additional accessory for just for that use case of people that have dogs with long herons so on. So, yeah. it's a kind of insight that can be useful for a lot of different teams, for a lot of different teams, not just for the CRO team. Yeah. Well, actually, that's a really interesting idea. So With the hoover, you tend to
0: get just uh, a bunch of different attachments and they're generally, they've generally got a generic name, wide attachment, narrow attachment, stuff like that. You could, well, yeah, what if you actually went and named them all to do with a specific use case? And then someone goes, oh, this one comes with a dog hair attachment. And you're like, oh, excellent. Perfect. That, this Hoover must, they've specifically created this for dog hair. And you're like, well, they haven't, they just know it is good for it.
1: And that's the main use case for that attachment. Um, yeah, maybe like in the product page, in the product page there could be like a selector where you ask, uh, "Do you have a dog?" Yes and no, and then if they say yes, you recommend the the attachments based on that. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good idea. Because actually, the one I bought,
0: and I really like this. Not many, not enough brands do this. On the box of the Hoover, I can't remember if it was the outside or if it was just as you started to open it up. But on the box itself, they listed other attachments that they had. So you could buy a car cleaning attachment set. And I think there were four, there might have been four different options on there. I thought it was a really good idea and it had a QR code. So I don't know if that's a, I don't know if they do that for all their products or whether maybe that was an Amazon specific tactic they used to get people Uh. back to the website. But I I like Uh. the idea of specifically saying, if you want car cleaning stuff, Here's our set of attachments for it. Here's our pet cleaning, um, attachments. we really good a white way of boosting AOV as well to sell those. Yeah, yeah, totally. Kits. Totally. Yeah, that's a great idea. Do you use AI to help you?
1: How do you feel about using AI at the moment? I've used it in the past. I've used mainly like ChatGPT. GDP. I currently don't use it for reviews mining. There's two main reasons. The biggest one is data privacy. Most of my clients don't want to share data, like to upload data to <laughs> ChatGDP and so on. And I know that ChatGDP now has launched the enterprise plan for a word. They have some sort of like features for like privacy. Can't remember what is it was, it, but... it's the pro plan? Just the paid version? No, they're enterprise. So this is a higher plan. Oh, okay. And then the plus... And it's for enterprise, but it's only, I think, for just larger organizations, which is not my case. But so that's one reason. The second reason is I consider myself pretty good at prompting. I've actually spent, I don't know exactly how many hours, but probably close to like a hundred hours using like chat since, since he got launched almost a year ago, 10 months ago. And I spent a lot of time also figuring out how to prompt it correctly for analyzing data and so on. And to be honest, Will, I haven't been super, super successful. I also think that for me, it's not even worth it so much to spend even more time to figure out the right prompt for reviews mining using ChatGTP. And then lastly, um I have to say uh, most of the value I get from or I give to my clients for using the reviews mining is because I read, I eyeball and read every single comment and the juice is in the comments is not in the insights because it's the language that they use in the reviews. It's, the idea comes from the comment, you yeah. not from, yeah. I think you can get, yeah, you can, GPT,
0: GPT, really good at counting things, like how many reviews mention X, Y, Z, or even please pick out the main pain points and the main kind of desired outcomes and let me know how many reviews mention these. That's good. But then, that yeah, it, all it does is, yeah, like I say, it, it counts them and it can provide that insight and you can go, oh, okay, so that means this topic is really important then it feels like you still need to go and read those reviews. But then maybe it gives you a quicker way of creating those themes and those topics so that you can then go and just pick out those reviews specifically. But yeah, like you, I, I do like reading the reviews and things. Also, one, maybe we'll check the pro version, hey, version is a bit better. But previously, I found that sometimes it wouldn't quite understand the context of a review. So it could be a negative review or it you get you get viral reviews, don't you? Which they're written as if yeah. they're a really negative review, but they're five star. And then when you read it, you go, oh, actually this person loves it. I don't think ChatGPT is very good at understanding that context. And so yeah. you know, it would lump it in with the negative reviews.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now it's for me, again, the value comes from reading the comment. And in fact, every time I do a uh, mining, I always have a document open next to my spreadsheet which I call the idea document, where every time, not every time, but most of the times when I, let's say I, I don't know, analyze a hundred reviews, I would say 40, 50% of the comments give me one idea at least. For the client, or just generally like a CRO idea that you're thinking? Not just like a, an idea for the client, it, or even like a follow-up question. Oftentimes it's from reviews, I come up with a question, ah, interesting. I wonder if this is a a pain point across other people, because maybe like only a few people have mentioned it. Other people could have mentioned it, right? Other people maybe suffer of, of that pain point, but only a few have mentioned it simply because again, it's an organic way of giving feedback. We're not asking them about the pain point, right? It's the user that decides if they want to mention the pain point or not in that review. Yeah, so you are hoping that people will just
0: decide to give a bit of a bit of that detail, really. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's different use cases, isn't it? You know, you are, you're using reviews, review mining a bit differently to what you're using just an email survey for. Might, totally. might kind of seem separate, a little different, or sorry, sim- it might seem similar because you're still just asking people for feedback. But it's, yeah, it's just, uh, just a bit different. I know we, we've touched on this a bit, but like, what is the benefit? I know we mentioned feeding into uh, advertising, obviously. But yeah, what you say the main benefits of doing review mining is?
1: Yeah, I would say understanding more about why people buy. You, you said for advertising or in general, reviews mining in uh, general? We, we, you, you touched on advertising previously as you can feed, feed this information
0: into the paid media team. But like, what else is there? What What is the benefit of spending time analyzing
1: these reviews? What can you do with that information? Yeah, totally. So most of my time is spent doing reviews mining for CRO purposes, and pretty much meaning that how can I improve the product page or the landing page, content, visual, images, and stuff like that. One of the things that i I actually rented about this w- one time, I'll make a rent again here a your podcast will so one of the one of the most ridiculous in my opinion choices is that if you think about product images, right product images are they come from like a professional photographer mm-hmm. who is very good at one thing, right like. Taking photos. But I have they have zero idea whatsoever about customers, right? They're not professional, they're not professionals that spend entire day or week or month understanding more why people buy and why people don't buy, right? Yeah. So I always find it like kind of like silly that you are giving the task to somebody about Probably what gets the highest amount of engagement on a product page, which is product images, to somebody that has zero experience about your customers. And I actually find reviews mining very insightful for coming up with different product image ideas. So it's not just about, oh, let me find, the re- let, let me use reviews mining for layouts or design or copy but even for like product images on a product page. Yeah, I mean, I feel like most people think
0: the product images are there just to show off the product and that's it. But yeah, I mean, there's so much opportunity. While you've got someone's attention and you're showing off the product, why not sell it to them at the same time? When you yep. know, If you go into a store and you speak to a sales assistant or someone and they take you over, let's say we're talking about vacuum cleaners again, they take you over to where all their vacuum cleaners are they don't just then stand there and wait for you to look at them, right? They ask you questions about you what you want and then they'll say, oh, this one is great. And then they might start showing you the specific attachment for picking up dog hair or whatever. So they actually, they sell you the product at that same time. And you, you do get this more on Amazon, right? You look on Amazon, almost every product page will have an annotated image, one that's got some information on it. And I remember one that was, it was super basic. I think I was looking at Um, maybe i think it was a pressure cooker and one of the images was just the a small image of the pressure cooker and then just a list of all the different things you can do with the the different functionalities at modes. and that's exactly some of the information that people want to see and and they want to see it clearly just what are the nine settings for this thing what can i do with it
1: yeah actually let me build on the top of this so I have a YouTube channel with my friend Rishi, and a few months ago, we actually dedicated a, an entire video and about the difference of how some brands display product images on their e-commerce, so that being Shopify or BigCommerce, Magento, whatever, and on Amazon. And somehow, I have no idea. This is like an e-commerce mystery. Uh, among just to be clear, it's yeah. the same
0: brand. How they display on their website versus their Amazon page. Yeah. Okay.
1: Correct. 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 So I actually, I'll, I'll put the, I'll, I'll send you the the link to that uh, video. But basically, we found out that oftentimes the same brand puts very boring images on Shopify. Or whatever e commerce platform, and then super persuasive and copy type of images on Amazon. Don't ask me how it's that even possible, but somehow on Amazon, they're never boring images. They're images that have what we call, Rich and I call it picture story, which is like usually like an image that tells a little bit of a story about maybe like a benefit of a detail of the product and so on. But yeah, so. To your audience, if you want to come up with, like, some product image ideas, go on Amazon. Don't go to your competitor's um, site. It wouldn't surprise me if
0: it's because there's an agency who runs Amazon. And Amazon-specific agency mm-hmm. is responsible mm-hmm. for that page. And then there's just a bit of, there's a lack of communication. Mm-hmm. And they're not actually, mm-hmm. they don't think to pass on those images to the website. Because mm-hmm. it could be for various reasons. It could be because they don't want the better images to be on the website because they want the sales to be on Amazon. It could be because yeah. they it's classic siloing and they do yeah. their task. They create those images for Amazon and no one thinks, let's pass it back. Yeah. And it would not surprise me if in some cases there is someone at the e-commerce brand saying, no, those are not on brand for the website. So we can't oh, use those images, wow. which always baffles me. I always used to be a bit of an anti-brand person mm-hmm. just because of my experiences with brand managers and brand teams who are very it's these colors these fonts the logo has got to be 53 pixels away from anything else that sort of stuff and you're there going i just want this thing to sell yeah I don't care about the rest it's performance versus brand boxing match yeah absolutely have you got any, any other examples that come to mind of where review mining has just has have there good any examples where it's maybe revealed something really unexpected?
1: Let me think. This is a good question, or maybe just a way of I talking can, about something. Well, like I would say, um, I have a client that sells robes, like bathrobes, and one of the one of the things that is, I'm actually doing customer reviews mining right now, and. One, one thing I realized is that if every single review, not every single, but if 90% of the reviews, people talk about sizing, right? We need to figure out how we can fix the sizing issue. It doesn't matter if they're talking in a positive way or a negative way. The, how wide a topic is being mentioned, how commonly a topic is being mentioned in, in the reviews it means to be. It means that it, it needs to be addressed. If it's either positive or negative, right? So in this case, in specific, customers are not complaining about not being able to to find the right size. Customers are saying that their their robes fit on them, so they're talking positive positively about the sizing, right? And whenever there is a focus in the reviewers about one topic in specific. It means that people care about it. It means that other people who haven't bought the product, they also care about that, and they need to fix that issue. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good point.
0: I guess with that, you uh, could do something around uh, true-to-fit. Is that the term, true-to-fit? Uh, uh, eyes or true-to-fit, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Does, it doesn't sound right for some reason, but I think it is. But yeah, I know what you mean. It with. Footwear and fashion in particular, sizing is such a big issue. And I've, aside from using a third party tool, like a fit finder tool, I've not really seen anyone do it well. You know, when brands try and do it well, because it's really difficult, right? The whole point of the the tools are it's saying, tell us what you currently use and fits well and, and you like, and then we'll use our data to tell you what size you should
1: buy this in. If you don't have access to the data, you can't do it. Yeah, especially, like, if you think about maybe, like, some use cases during the day where are like, most of traffic is, is mobile as well. Maybe, like, even, like, being able to measure, like, to look at maybe, like, other shoes to figure out what your number is or being able to, like, measure yourself. Maybe you're at work. How the hell are you going to measure yourself, right? So sometimes people don't remember that users are not in front of the computer and they're able to, like. Like at home on their couch chilling, right? Yeah.
0: (laughs) That reminds me. I think it must have been a few, must have been 2020, because I was in my flat. I came across one website where they were asking you to draw draw an outline of your foot without your shoe on, on a piece of paper. (laughs) And then I believe you were supposed to take a picture of that piece of paper and send it in. And that was their process for them being able to, to do it. And I thought, that is, not only is uh, not only is it asking quite a lot and and to your point it can only really be done by people who are at home because do you really want to be doing that in the office but that's also funny. that's so open to how the person decides to draw around like uh, yeah. yeah I could just see it going wrong a lot
1: yeah it doesn't seem to be very accurate <laughs> yeah
0: yeah that's a bit crazy cool just before we wrap up is there anyone in the, the e-commerce space that you'd want to sit down for lunch with? Anyone from a brand in particular?
1: From a brand? I mean, he's worked with a lot of brands. He he made me reach what I say kind of like a aha moment. And it, this person is Bob Musta. He's the mm-hmm. inventor of the Jobs to be Done framework. And when I discovered the jobs to be done framework, Will, I completely switched my mindset when it came to, like, customer research and understanding why people buy, what stops them from buying the entire customer journey. I interviewed him with Rishi as well, and he's just, like, an amazing person to, to learn from, honestly. I wish I, I could talk to him once a week and, and, and get his opinion about a lot of stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. No, I've seen some of his videos.
0: He was on a, he did a module for a course where he did the jobs to be done module for the Omni Convert course. I think it was. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. He's he's a good friend with Valentin. Yeah. Awesome. Have you got a marketing tool that you'd recommend?
1: So a few minutes ago, I didn't speak very well about but but we're speaking about Not a good use case, which is like analyzing qualitative data. If you're a marketer and you're not using every single day chat GDP to come up with ideas about anything, you're doing it completely wrong. Literally, like you're you're, I'm not even talking will about I'm not talking about using it to get like the right copy or the right angle or whatever, like marketing it. I'm just giving you, I'm just saying like, I use ChatGTP mainly for idea generations about anything. It could be marketing, it could be personal, it could be like, Yeah, I think I told you a month ago, I, I moved from the UK back to, to Italy and I've lived abroad in three, four different countries before. I asked ChatGTP, give me 50 ideas of things that I have to consider before moving back home, Right. Yeah, And 90% of those ideas, I already had them figured out because, again, I had moved to another country before. But that 10%, I was like, oh, my God, I haven't even thought about that. Even in my previous moves, I haven't even thought about that. So I use it for idea generation rather than just like like a volume I- of ideas Yeah. rather than just like, oh, give me a copy about X. I-, I don't use it for that. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, I'm using it every day now initially yeah i kind of had a look at it didn't really know what i was doing with it but now it's probably daily basis for yeah both work for the business work for clients and and personal stuff as well find it really useful cool and just one final cro tip for the listeners
1: one final cro tip i guess it depends on the experience but oh okay I would say keep going down rabbit holes about something that you like and you dig. Don't stay at the surface. Just go down, like spend time. If you really like how to do, I don't know, like statistics and just go down the rabbit hole, like specialize in that. Because usually if you go down rabbit holes, there is always like gold at the end. No, I like that. That's good. Awesome. If anyone wants to reach out and find out more from you, what's the best way of doing that? LinkedIn is my channel for talking. So my LinkedIn, I can send you the the link to it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, we'll get it in the show notes. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lorenzo. Thank you, Will, for having me. Ciao, ciao. Bye-bye.
0: And there we have it. Huge thank you to Lorenzo for coming on and sharing the power of review mining. Look, if you still think customer reviews are just for display, I hope you've had a wake up call. Leverage those comments. They're essentially cheat codes for understanding what your customers actually want feel like you need to dig in a bit more with Lorenzo you know the drill catch him on LinkedIn as always we're all ears for your comments questions and that guest you're just itching to hear from slide into my inbox at will at customers or give me a l- nudge on LinkedIn next up we've got Sean McCarthy from Lucky Orange joining us to talk through behavioural analytics until next time keep those customers clicking